What's up, guys? It's time to go Behind the Bum. All right, what's up, guys? I am here with my friend, JC Dombrowski. Hopefully I said that right. (laughs) Um, So I invited him on especially because he's a Gen Zer. I guess I would be considered a millennial because I'm between the age of 25 and 35. Um, And I wanted to get a better understanding of my Gen Zers considering I now have um, recently became obsessed with TikTok. And I feel like I end up in a K-hole in the midst of quarantine. If you mentioned TikTok to me prior to quarantine, I would have laughed in your face. But like, that's not Instagram. That's so stupid. Oh my gosh. TikTok is, oh, it's a disaster. Love it. But. Okay, well, I have a lot. We're going to get into all of this. But first, so you are a Gen Zer though, right? Yes, I am 20, just turned 20 a couple days ago. I'm in that awkward 2000s baby stage where you're not too old, but you're not too young. You don't really know where you belong. So it's great. You're definitely, I mean, maybe I'm aging myself, but I definitely view you as young. Like if I was to think of my dating pool, you're not in my dating pool. You would not pop, pop up on my grinder age. <laughs> oh, well, you probably pop up on every Gen Zers because we all have daddy issues. So, you know. Fair enough. Um, we all have our problems lately to deal with, you know. I think quarantine's really brought them out. Oh, for sure. Okay, so... Just to like compare apples to apples here, I guess. When did you come out? I came out at 11, so very young. What? Yeah. And you're from down south, aren't you? Well, I was born in Norwalk, Connecticut. And so my whole family is very liberal, very like not crazy conservative. So it was fine. I just sent a little mass text and we were all good. You sent a text at 11 years old. Yeah, I know. Well, my parents left me at home a lot, so I had this, like, shitty old Motorola. It was wonderful. It was great. Like, sure, oh, I misspelled it, but they got the message. That And what was their reaction? What'd they say? I mean, like, I was a fruity kid. They definitely knew. Like, they definitely knew. I was the kid who, like, played with bugs and, like, definitely wore, like, my mom's heels once or twice. So they weren't, like, surprised. <laughs> they were like, yeah, okay. Like, this makes it. sense now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is so crazy to me because I'll be honest with you, I didn't even know if I was jerking off at age 11 yet. Like, that's just the difference in how you guys have had the privilege. I don't want to, I know you shouldn't say privilege. You guys have had, actually, I'll say privilege. You guys have had the privilege of having all of this in your face growing up. Like, I don't even think I knew what the word gay was. I was just like, oh, wow, he's kind of hot. I'll suck his dick in the basement. But like, what does that mean? Don't even think about it, you know? And so to like actually understand sexual identity at age 11, that's pretty dope. Yeah, it was, it's definitely something that shocks a lot of people, but I guess I just had a good environment where I was like, you know what, whatever, just bite the bullet. Would 11. you say that was like the same across the board? Like your other, I'm assuming you have other gay friends that are around your age? Um, no, I've come out way before. I think I have not met someone who came out earlier or at the same time as me at all. Okay, Most so you are a out- rare breed. Yes, I still am. <laughs> so when was your first sexual experience? Um, I was probably 14. Okay. So very young. And then I didn't lose my virginity until I was like 17. So yeah. Like every other high school girl, I feel like though. Exactly. Pretty much. 
you obviously had like the ho-hos who did it when they were like 14 but oh yeah totally I feel like, I don't know, I feel like, I feel like gay, gay kids are sexualized so much faster than straight ones. And like, gay kids don't really, at least my age, like we didn't get the whole like, ooh, crushes, dating. It's just, you go right into sex and then you figure everything else out after. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Is it, does it feel like you go for people your age or does it like when you're exploring your sexuality, do you start finding a lot of like older guys in a way? older the age gaps in gen z relationships are i don't i guess maybe they're not common in older generations but in our generation age gaps are really really common because it's just what's available like it's usually there's one person who's older and out and that's the person that like you date or connect to because there's literally no other gay people and so it's like when there's like that desperation i guess is an honest way to call it. You just go for what's available. You just want a connection to someone who's the same as you in that like bizarre environment you're trapped in. And I guess that just creates a normalcy around age gaps or at least makes them happen more often. Sounds like if you're trying to find love, using the term desperation is really helpful. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Unreal. Well, from I guess my perspective, I talk to my brother who's your age. We always have these interesting combos about like where we stand in terms of like who needs validation in our generations and things like that. And I feel like I grew up in a generation that when Instagram first came out, nobody knew what the fuck they were doing. Like you took a picture in front of Niagara Falls, you put a cool black border around it and you posted it within two seconds. There was no like editing it. And Mm -hmm. so I feel like since we started as like, trash if you want to call it that to now where we are here i would say probably like seven years later it almost made us so self-conscious that we're forced to have to live to this certain image that's like what clothes are you wearing who are you surrounding yourself with like what vacations are you going on you know Mm -hmm. like there's people you even know being from here like you don't want to be caught dead at the jersey shore Mm -hmm. so I feel like for you guys, though, I feel like you're not as validating. You're not as seeking validation as much as my generation. Oh, I, I think that my generation seeks validation in much, I think in much different ways. That is okay. what I Enlighten me. So, okay. There's what I've noticed from my job being on social media and where I go to school, Cornell and, and everything. Oh, upstate New York kid. Yep. Exactly. I'm from Syracuse. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. What I've noticed is is people don't always find validation in like I guess in pictures or in sexualizing themselves as much. I mean, there's definitely those people, but it's more so that people like now it's the whole like neoliberal like I'm gonna virtue signal and be like the best best person, and that's what it is. That's how people get validation. It's more so that they validate they're a good person, not so much they look a certain way. Because when everyone can edit how they look physically, what else is there? Now that everybody can do that, and like everyone can be hot or everyone can be like ripped and sexy and whatever with Facetune or whatever app you wanna use, what else is there? And now people have gone to, look at all the things I'm doing, look at all the this and that and the charity and the et cetera. And that's the new form of validation that I've found with my generation. It's not the looks anymore, it's what you're doing, if that makes more sense. So you can so fill your generation's filled with do-gooders when deep down you're like bitch i know you're shady 
oh, it's all phonies. As Holden Caulfield once said, phonies. So oh. many. And, and I mean, if people are doing good things for the wrong reasons, like, is it that big of a deal? Probably not. But regardless, it's that whole, like, I'm a better person than you dick measuring contest, at least in my corner of the internet. So that's, that's what I've seen. So when you came out at the age you're in and just like Gen Z in general, do you think having social media around like matured you guys faster because oh. so much in your face so soon? Gosh, honestly, I, cause I didn't get on social media till like, I guess sixth grade and God, it was just, it was just a disaster. I was so bad at it. I wasn't but like, to me, that's so I wasn't dumb. trendy. Like, I was I was nerd. It was awful. I like, honestly, I don't even know how it, if it helps. I certainly know that I think my generation was the first one to really like be on Instagram from a young age. Now yeah. it's like they're 10 and they're on Instagram, like posting thirst traps, which that's a whole other story, a whole other topic. <laughs> but regardless, I think that I, I don't, it, I don't even know what it did to me yet. I'm sure I'll find out when I do some big meta analysis years down the line, like, wow, this really fucked me up, but I haven't evaluated that far yet. <laughs> I was going to say, you're only 20. You're still in school. Wait, what are you going to school for? I'm majoring in marine biology and I'm minoring in French, English, and potentially epidemiology. What the fuck is epidemiology? The study of like diseases, outbreaks, epidemics, stuff like that. Oh my God. I feel like that'd be the last thing I ever would want to hear about. Honestly, yeah, I think that's a lot of people's sentiments currently. Oh my god. Okay, so like you're gonna move down south and at least play with dolphins, and then like if another coronavirus comes around, you might be able to give some input by then. Oh, most likely, even though I pray to God there's never ever another coronavirus ever. I couldn't agree more because I'm losing my mind every day that goes by. It's horrible. So let's just get into it TikTok versus Instagram. Where do you stand? I, Instagram, I think it's so, the one thing I like about TikTok is it's much easier to be successful, I guess. It's easier to go viral. Now, if you can capitalize off that success, that's great. That's a lot more difficult, I will say. That's about playing the game right. Where Instagram, it's like, okay, you can post a picture, you can edit it, you can control exactly what you say, what you do. I think Instagram's much, much easier to manage, if that makes sense. It's much easier to control where TikTok- It's more user-friendly. Exactly, where TikTok is just this wild beast. And when you post, you have, it could do horribly or it could get 30 million views and you have no clue. It doesn't matter what size following you have. It's the luck of the draw and it's, it's so much harder to control. It's so nebulous in comparison to, to how things work, to who gets popular, et cetera. And it's, it's, yeah. very, it's crazy. It's really, it's, really crazy. It is really weird. I mean, from someone who just started like two months ago, and I pretty much, I will say this, I have obviously been very grateful with Instagram. Like it's helped jumpstart, like run my own business, everything else. Um, but I think what's gotten me through quarantine or just like given me more joy, I would say it's TikTok. Yeah. I feel like Instagram just seems like so showy and almost feels like you're like forced to keep up with something that's like, what are you keeping up with? Mm -hmm. And all the people you follow, it seems like the people you follow are better than you. Mm -hmm. like you almost follow people who you idolize, who you are aspiring to get to, whether that's financially, whether that's body goals, whether that's a friend group, whether that's a social status in the city, that's who you follow. 
So yep. if, when you're going through your feed, you could really come out of it pretty fucking negative mindset. Oh, yeah. Same with TikTok, though. My, the best thing I ever did for my mental health was unfollow hot people. Once I unfollowed all the hot people, I was feeling so much better about myself. I mean, like, sure, some of my friends are hot or I'm mutual with hot people, but, like, anyone who's not following me back that just happens to be ridiculously gorgeous, I unfollow them. Because it's like they're already, like, creating a better life through pictures, and now they're also hot, too. No, I can't deal with that. And there's I'm nothing. Not, and people will say that we are those people. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm going to watch what I say because like, I'm not going to dig my own grave, but I will just say you could be the hottest person in the world. They will also have people who are hotter than them mm-hmm. in their eyes. Exactly. So like there's always in our own visuals, people uglier than us and people hotter than us. And that's just reality. And yep. there's always going to be someone who makes you feel insecure. And you know, maybe it's good to have a little motivation sometimes. But I just think when I go on Instagram, it feels very like, how do I find a way to keep up to this person? Or it's even worse when you see somebody you, let's say, started with and Mm -hmm. they're here and you're like, oh, I'm probably here. And you're like, Mm -hmm. how the fuck do I catch up? Literally, that is TikTok. That is so TikTok. How is that TikTok? I feel like I go on TikTok and scroll through and it's funny shit. Everybody makes me laugh. Page is catered to you. The algorithm on TikTok, this app, people do not realize how in-depth this algorithm works and how crazy this app is. I mean, I've been doing this for almost a year. I'm really analytical. I've learned the ins and outs of this app to an extent as far as the let you learn, like the, the people who work for TikTok, the, the managers, etc. And it is so just minutely catered to exactly what you like. It is insane. So like what you might be seeing is like funny TikTok, I get thrown informational TikTok and gay TikTok. And it's like, in, oh, it's just crazy because like my job, I, I post about skincare. I post about marine biology. Every once in a while, I'll do a personal story or whatnot. And I do like actual informational stuff. Like, you know, I post the real facts, the honest truth. Like I do all my research, everything like backup by science. And you have like these clickbaiters who is just like random clickbait, like bullshit. And it's just like, and they'll have like way more followers than me. Their videos will do way better than me. And I'm just like, this is such, like none of this is true. And so it's the yeah. same exact feeling of like, I'm here and they're way above me, even though all of their content and stuff is like bullshit. And you're like, what the fuck do I do? Like, do I just hop on that bullshit train and like throw my ethics out the door? And it's like, no, no, I, I can't. I can't stay authentic. So... The more you could stay authentic, I feel like that's what really makes mm-hmm. people like you for whoever that may be. Exactly. And I think the minute you go off the wagon, everyone's going to be like, "Who? you don't even know who you are anymore. And that mm-hmm. like registers, I think. Like when you scroll through someone's shit, you, you can tell who's like turning into a Britney, you know? Oh, 100%. So after our off-topic conversation per usual, um, tell me about dating apps like do you use them like what works well like i going to cornell i expected to be very liberal very normal and so i was like okay i'm gonna get on grinder like whatever you know and tinder of course gotta cover all the bases first of all there are no cute boys at cornell literally not (laughs) zero so that was wonderful i was like i'm gonna go into this liberal microcosm i'm gonna get all this dick all these cute boys literally nobody no one first of all second of all it's so it's a smart people school I, well, there's dumb people there. There's people that buy their way in. There's people that are rich, richer than God. So it's like, you know, there's athletes. Literally, there's no cute gay boys. 
And so anyway, so I would get on these apps and this was before TikTok. Like, this was before like the whole internet fame, everything. And guys were so fucking mean to me. Guys have, gay guys have always been just awful to me. Like I'll go to clubs and guys will, like walk up and just say awful stuff to me. It's crazy. I don't know why, but like, that's why I don't, I don't go like on Grindr anymore because like all these guys would be like, oh, like I'm not going to date an Asian guy or like, oh, like, you're a COVID bringer or all this crazy shit. So no, I don't go on Grindr anymore. Literally horrible. Awful. Wow. Awful. And I've never suffered like racism for being like mixed down South, like in dating wise, dating wise, I never have. But up North at Cornell, guys literally only date blonde, blue eyed, like Aryan as hell guys. So bizarre. So that is really interesting. Mm-hmm. So up North, I don't use Grindr. I only use Tinder. Down South, I use both. Wow. Yep. I would expect that to be the complete opposite. And maybe I'm throwing media into this. But I would say up north, there's a lot less people who act like that. And down south, I would say a lot more people are more vocal about their racial mm-hmm. preferences. So that's 100%. really interesting. 100%. I was so shocked. I was like, this is like, I was like, this is crazy. I haven't like felt racism like until like in ages. Because like, I was like called like a dog eater and all that wonderful stuff when I was younger. And then like I came out and they're like, oh, we're going to bully him for being gay now. Not that he's an Asian. So, yeah. you know. It just, it's just one minority after the other. Exactly. Exactly. They got to get all their ducks in a row. And so then I, I was like, wait a minute, this is fucking weird. Like this has been forever. And so it's just like such a weird, like cognitive disconnect, like going from, from like the South and what I expected to face where it's like at Cornell, I don't face any homophobia. Like no one's a dick to me because I'm gay. Now it's just like, and like, okay, some guys won't date me because I'm Asian. That sucks. They're assholes. I can't bully them into liking me, but yeah. it's still weird. You know, it's that I weird. would say I, I personally, like, I feel like from somebody who's been with like every walk of life at some point in my life. And obviously I think there's nothing wrong in saying you gravitate towards like one preference over another, because I find myself that like, some of like, I don't want to say it like this, but like some of like the best sexual experiences of my life have been with like Spanish guys. And like, I don't know if they're just more, I don't know, like they're more like spontaneous almost where they're like more down to do things in weirder places where like your basic white, blonde hair, blue eye, preppy boy from Connecticut He's going to be more uptight to like just have sex on a roof while you're watching a movie because he's like, oh, I would never do this. This is dirty. Mm-hmm. You know, where oh, I feel like I enjoy people who are like spontaneous and they're not looking at things from that you know perspective. You know what else I'll throw into there? I bet it has to do with like the spontaneity of sex is I bet it has to do with class a little bit because, you know, you're poor. You don't have as many places to go and have sex. You have sex in more risky places. You don't have anywhere else to go. We're all the rich white preppy boys. They have cars. Not their bedroom. Yep. They have cars, bedrooms, finished basements. Everybody else, me and my one bedroom apartment. Yeah, no. So that's something else to throw in there. As with, why. with roommates, keep in mind. So if I'm like, you know what, I could just go on the roof and have a romantic moment. And you know what, maybe somebody through another window of a building that's higher than mine is going to see whatever. It's just fun and kind of hot, you know? Exactly. So, I mean, aside from dating apps, have you ever hooked up with a fan like via DMs or God? No, I could never. Why? It's such a power dynamic and I would feel so uncomfortable. Like just the idea of it would make me feel so just bizarre. And, and I just don't think, first of all, like I'm not like, 
in there was an interview I did with the Times, and like the end of it, it was like, why did you decide to do marine biology? And I was like, well, I can't dance, I can't act, staying, and I'm not hot, and that's the truth. Like, I'm like in pictures, yeah, I look cute. In real life, I look cute, whatever. But like, I'm not hot. Like, that's not my shtick. And so it's just like I don't attract those kinds of like fans. Like, people aren't like, oh my god, you're so hot. Like, I just want to throw all my clothes off and like get naked with you. It's, all, it's more so like, oh, like what's your opinion on this like random shark? Or like what skincare should I use in my DMs? Uh, so, you know, no cool. one's really like, yeah, not my, so not that the opportunity has presented itself, but if it did, I would be hard pressed to be anything other than just facing consternation at the fact that it's a massive power dynamic. And I don't know if I could participate in that. I, I think that's the most mature answer I've ever heard from anyone I've ever had. Really? Oh from the youngest guest I've ever had on. So, <laughs> all right, well, we're going to take a quick break from our sponsor and then I'm going to come back and ask you some fire questions. Awesome. Sounds good. This is what I call my little fire question part. I know I sent you some of these, but I'm sure we'll get a little off topic and just throw you for a curveball. So my first question I have for you is if you could successfully slide into the DMs of any gay social media influencer, who would it be and why? TikTok or Instagram? Give it to me. There is this one TikToker, and I, he's also on Instagram too, and his name is Heartthrob Anderson on TikTok. Oh, yeah, 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 Rob. He's I'm in boy. love with him. Like, literally in love with this man. He is so funny, so attractive. He looks like my first two boyfriends, so it's like already, like I have a type. Literally in love with this man. So him, he's perfect. I'm like, yeah, it's so, I don't get crushes. I don't get celebrity (laughs) crushes. I don't get social media crushes. I have the biggest crush on him. I don't, yeah, I don't even, I'm like. personality. He has the looks. Like he's got it all for you. I know. I, it's so, it's so bad. I mean, hey, maybe a marine biologist is for him. Who knows? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. You really never know. So. Have you ever sent naked photos of yourself? Oh, totally. I'm just hoping the good ones leak. <laughs> Did you say once a week? I said I'm hoping the good ones leak. Oh, I was like, once a week? I was like, girl, those are going to leak sooner than you think. I'm like waiting. I just hope it's the ones I facetune. Well, have you ever been on, um, what's it called? LPSG.com? No. Oh, you know what that website is? No. Okay, well, let me enlighten you because maybe you'll find yourself there after this. Oh, wonderful. So there is this website called lpsg.com or something, and it's called the Large Penis Support Group. And they create forums based on your Instagram handle or your name. And so pretty much anybody on Grindr or any influencer or whoever you want to look up, there is threads and you go through the threads and it's people who will screenshot grinder messages or screenshot Instagram stories or screenshot OnlyFans and videos and everything gets posted there. That is terrifying. So any um, pictures you might have sent, they might be out there sooner right. than you think. I mean, <laughs> what else, what other parts of my privacy haven't been violated by my job being social media? You know, just I'm glad I could teach you something today. Right. That- <laughs> just pick off that box. But hey, maybe maybe you'll also find yours, but then you could maybe find Rob's as well. Oh, great. I absolutely, I wouldn't even look at them. That'd be awful. I'd feel so guilty. <laughs> There's no way. Ugh. It'd be a win-win. Ugh. I mean, I'm on there without being on there. Like, you won't find anything that I wouldn't want out there. 
True, true. People are on the hunt for the D, and it's just not it's not going to be found. <sighs> Great. I love this. Okay. Well, <laughs> looking back on your sexual experiences growing up, did you find, like, a lot more guys were open to exploring their sexuality? Like, there's less people who are, like, I'm straight or I'm gay. It's more like people are kind of like exploring their sexuality at a younger age. So they're probably more down to hook up. Does that make sense? Yeah, honestly, I had this conversation earlier today, actually. And I mean, I guess part of it is where I live. There really wasn't that large. I mean, uh, there's probably been like, I'd say five or six guys that were like, yeah, I don't know what I am. Yeah, straight. And I mean, five or six out of like the total that I've been with, it's like, okay, that's not a lot. I guess, I don't know. It's like, maybe it's a lot. I don't think so. In denomination to the amount that are probably questioning anyways, you know? So it's like, eh. You expected more questioning men. Well, I know they're there. I just expected (laughs) them to have like some more balls and like go out and question, not just internally question. I mean, I, I find a lot of them are... I don't want to say like events, but more like they're at the brunches with like a group of girls where they're like, they're not actively like going to gay bars per se. And they're not going to like message you on Grindr, but they're at more social things that Mm. they'll gravitate towards you. And they're like, just feeling it based on the vibe. They'll go for it more. Mm. Where I feel like to have Grindr on your phone or to like have that time to maybe doubt yourself and like second guess, like, to go from your bedroom to then getting in the car. That's a lot of time to like question your decisions. If you want to call it, they'd be like, Oh, maybe this isn't what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Where when you meet someone in a social setting, you're like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just see what happens. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing though. I don't feel like there's that many queer spaces for people my age other than the internet. There's just not. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess like that's just a whole different fucking conversation. Mm-hmm. Think about, like, like, no one, no one wants to go to the FGS, like the, or not the FGS, God, what the fuck is it called? The the GSA meetings. No one wants to go to those. They're awful. God, I refuse GSA to. Meeting? Gay Straight Alliance in high school, it's social suicide. Oh. I refuse to attend. God. I mean, it's probably helpful if someone's like questioning themselves and they want to meet people who are like them. No, because there's only one type of person there and it's never, first of all, there's, there's like never, gay boys don't go to those. They just don't. Like the harsh reality of it, of like G- I could go into a whole fucking diatribe about this, but it's literally only just like the uber liberal, like social justice, like blue haired people who, who just, God, I sound like such a Trump supporter, but it's just the same liberal, like it's the stereotype you always expect to find in GSAs. That's all you find. There's never like the hot jock that's like questioning himself. It's like, I just want to support, but like really he's like on the DL, but like no. So it's much people who just want their voices to be heard, but they're not in your community to help you learn about mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. They're there to someone, learn about you. Exactly. And I'm someone who says it like it is. Like, I don't sugarcoat things. And so, yeah, I don't fit in with those people at all. Okay. They did not That's like me. Fair. Um, so what do you guys do? Like, I mean, because I guess technically speaking, now that you're 20, you can. Like, I'm sure you can go to a bar whenever this ends and things like yeah. that. But ultimately, though, I feel like that is probably difficult because even for me, I felt like I didn't even figure out who I was because I wasn't hanging out with gay people even in college. Like until I moved to New York and like kind of got into that whole bar club scene, whatever, I wasn't surrounded by gay people. I was only surrounded by straight people. So having conversations were non-existent. mm -hmm. I did not have any gay friends till college. Now I have two, three, two or three. 
You got Maybe. four now, baby. You got me. See, four. Good. We're making progress. Four. And it's very weird. I don't, I don't, I'm someone who likes to just have like my group of friends, like my niche. And I don't like to expand out. Like I'm a great extrovert. Like I can go to parties and it's great. It's wonderful. But I like to have my like niche and that's it. So like having gay friends was a whole new dynamic. So it's kind of crazy. And oh, the experiences I've had as being friends with gays is, oh, it's insane. So different. Well, you want to know what I love is I feel like you could be two types of gays if we want to go here. I feel like on one side of it, every gay person in New York, at least from my perspective, is extremely social. Like, Mm -hmm. although it is very clicky at times and like you do have to kind of like have your click in a way because that's how you know what's going on. And like, it's not like you just go to a bar. It's usually like some event based thing, whether it's like a warehouse party in Brooklyn. Obviously, everything I'm saying right now is pre-corona so this is not what's currently happening for anyone who's about to send me some fucked up things i'm not going to warehouse parties right now but i feel like these are the people who you go to these things with and that's how you find out about them Mm -hmm. once you're there it's great seeing these other groups of friends there i think it's just a matter of like you need someone to help you get into that which i think is a downside to gay culture in new york because it could be intimidating for someone who's like graduating college and they're trying to like get involved, but it's really difficult to like infiltrate a group per se. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, even in like the liberal, like microcosm, like place I live, like there's a decent population of LGBT people and like everything, but like, even then, like there's no gay spaces and it's so weird. Like there's only, and, and like in parties and stuff and like that scene, like it's like going to clubs is not like, a, a, I don't know, it's not gay spaces. It's, I don't know. It's, it's well, like I think that's a, a problem in and of itself because I, when I think of gay places, I think it only equates to bars or clubs. Like there really is nowhere for anybody like legally on like 20 or younger to just mm-hmm. go hang out, meet other people and just not get involved in the scene of drugs and alcohol. Exactly. And, Oh my God, it sounds so like, like, I don't know, like fluffy, like babying, but there needs to be like a safe space. Like that term safe space is so God, I don't like it, but there needs to be a safe space for people who are not 21, who just want to exist like in the gay world. Yeah. And I think that would eliminate so many tensions of, of like of sex and being sexualized at such a young age. Because if you think about it, like there's no, the only gay spaces for people younger than 21 are sex spaces. It's grinder. It's Tinder. It's it's anonymous hookups. It's it's sneaking into clubs with a fake ID. It's re- I can't. I never thought of it like that because I guess I was never in the. I w- I've never been at that age to need that. If you want to say that, mm-hmm. like I feel like I was just always like my toughest thing was I was in the closet growing up at your age. So there was never mm-hmm. like how do I be gay? It was always just like, pray to God you turn straight by the end of college. That was like my oh. mindset. You know. I think so many people have to like carve out a space and I hate that. Like, like as an athlete, I had to carve out spaces in high school and in high school I had to carve out spaces. And it's like, it, it fucking sucks. Like having to make a space for yourself because there's nothing there. Like, that's what I would like to change. Like get rid of that. Just make there a fucking space. And someone yeah, has to do it. I think maybe that's what you're meant to be involved in, you know? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. Well, what is one thing you would change about your generation if you could? Oh gosh, there's, that's a loaded question. Honestly, 
I would try to just make people more open-minded. We're supposed to be the open-minded generation, but we're just not. Like we're just as we're just as stuck in our ways as every other generation. It's just that our ways are are more liberal, you know? But I wish people would be more open-minded to to listening. That's the thing. I feel like people aren't. Like I feel like people don't want to listen. They just want to say their piece and you can take it or leave it. And that's it. And it's like that's not how life works. So I just wish people were a little more open-minded to hearing all ends of the spectrum of, of debates, of ideas, of experiences. And I think that's something that like I could apply to any generation, but I think that's something you don't expect about mine is the thing. It's something you never would expect, I guess, in the newest, youngest generation. And it's still just as prominent. Well, that's weird to think about because I think if I were to talk to my parents' generation, they would always be like, you're so lucky growing up with like so many accepting friends because like if that was our generation, like we were literally told not to hang out with those type of people. Mm-hmm. Where like now I look at like you guys or like even like my brother's generation, granted we're only like seven years apart, but obviously like your generation goes even younger than that. It's like, I feel like everybody in your age bracket, like for me, it was like everybody made fun of you for maybe being gay. I never confessed or anything. Where I feel like now people, it's more known and there's like gay things on television. It's just, I think it's easier to be more accepting than it was each generation as you get older. Yeah, I think that. But I mean, I think people are just a lot more fake. I think, I think that's, I think people are a lot faker with. I think people are just biting their tongue nowadays. Mm Mm-hmm. They're biting their tongues on both ends of it. Because you get lots of homophobia in, I mean, sure. I, I mean, no, in high school, I called a faggot a lot. But there were a lot of other things besides that. They're supposed to be from, like, like teachers who were like, oh, well, I'm not political at all. But I could tell they were homophobic as hell. But it's like, yeah. there's, like, less overt instances of people's prejudices or ideas and ideologies kind of spewing out into their actions. And it's, again, it's like... I think my generation has mastered the ability to manipulate appearances. You see it in our social media taught us that they social media trained us to become masters in being chameleons, whether it's in a social setting is how we're viewed in pictures, in videos, what kind of life people think we're living. And that also translates over to social settings and how we converse with one another. And people are great at chameleoning that's a verb, chameleoning into the mass ideology. I love that word. That's going to be like, I feel like I should put that on t-shirt, but maybe like I'll put your name at the bottom for quoting it. But oh, perfect. It's, that's a really good word. And no, I think that's like a great way to word that is because I think a lot, oftentimes there's lots of, you could call them trends if you want to call it that. On oh, social media, yes. Of things that people want to discuss or talk about. And I'm just going to go here and say it. Like, I feel like last year, like the trans community really was like, everybody was all about it. Like people wanted to interview trans people. It was all over everyone's Instagrams, like Instagram Mm -hmm. takeovers were all of trans people. And now this year it's like, everybody wants to be involved with like black lives matter movement and things like Mm -hmm. that. You see, like, I mean, I'm happy. Like even like Anne Hathaway did like an Instagram takeover um, where she just like gave up her Instagram to a black activist. And it was actually really interesting to watch but I think there's a lot of people who just hop on these trends where I feel like they view them as trends and less of what am I going to learn from this or what's the social outcome? And I feel like this time next year, it might be a whole different demographic, mm-hmm. you know, 
Um, I think it's just weird how things work out, but I do hear what you're saying because I do think Instagram and social media really does kind of, you view, you present yourself in the way you want to be viewed. Exactly. But that doesn't necessarily show your true feelings. Yeah. And I think, I don't know. It's so, I don't know. It's so, it's so murky and like crazy like all this stuff. I don't know if I could just get one thing I would like my entire generation to do is if I could get every single one of them to go watch Jordan Peterson and Blair White's YouTube channels and stuff. Wonderful. Because those are the people who are afraid, not afraid to say the shit that we all think. And that's what I like. Like I wish people could just say what they thought instead of doing the virtue signaling and the fake wokeness and and leaving everyone else behind because it's so it's so toxic and that's something i've noticed so it's like just say what you mean and you we say well i think a lot of things on instagram they're just like people you could tell the ones who have no idea what they're actually saying or like the meaning behind what they're Mm -hmm. saying i think that for me is the most frustrating part because it's like if you want to say something at least like be knowledgeable in what you're saying a hundred percent Don't say something because your best friend told you hey, you didn't post anything, you should probably post this. And so you just see them and you're like, I know you don't know anything about this and you literally are so uneducated, but like, whatever. Yep, 100%. Well, to end this off, my friend, um, if you could give advice to anyone struggling to come out, what would you advise? Oh, I get asked this question a lot. And what I would say is, there's this whole rush of of like to come out and it's going to make your life so much better and your life's going to be amazing after you come out. And that's not true. Like I'm not saying your life's going to get worse because it's, it's your life's going to get different. And I wish people would just be honest when you come out. First of all, you need to be careful of what environment you're in. If you're not in a safe environment, don't come out. And like, you should, people are like, Oh, don't tell somebody you shouldn't come out. If you're not in a safe environment. Don't fucking come out. But number one, but number two, your life isn't always going to be magic and rainbows and you're going to fall in love and find the boy of your dreams the minute you tell people you're gay. It's not how it works. So limit your expectations. Find people who you can trust and, and support you and understand that coming out, something that I had the biggest misconception was that coming out was going to cure my gay loneliness. And it didn't. And that's okay. Going to college kind of helped with that. Getting uh, involved in stuff cured that. And it's something I think I still struggle with, but I think that we need to be more honest with things. It, it starts with how we come out. And that's my biggest thing is be ready for reality. Well, I think when you come out, they, everybody preaches, and I even preach this, that like there's a whole community of like people waiting for you essentially. And I do think it's all based on social settings because it is really interesting that living in New York City, um, I could go out to a club in New York and certain people won't even approach me in the club, but they'll stare at you. I could see that same group of people in Fire Island and everybody hugs you as if they know you. And like, it's just, it's very different. It's like, okay, so why can you say hi to me here and you act like we're best friends? But then when we're in New York and we're in a club, you pretend you don't even know like my circle of people. So I feel like the interesting part is that it can be very pretentious, if you want to call it that, that once you do step into the gay world, everybody has this kind of like their nose up almost sometimes, which can be tough to just jump into. Yeah. 
So like, I get where you're coming from with that, but it definitely seems like you have had a difficult run in the gay community. Yeah. It, yeah. The whole, I'm very disillusioned, very just like, you know what? Fuck it. And I'm not mad at it. It's made me, I don't know. It's made me smarter, more mature. It definitely made me an independent thinker and I'll take that. Well, I do think the good thing is as you, grow up and you do enter the gay community and you make friends who are also like you that are gay. It's like the bond you have with someone. Like I love my straight friends and like will love them till the day I die. But there's just a certain aspect that like you're going to bond most with people who like relate to you the most. Mm -hmm. So I feel like the minute you have a gay friend and you could talk about things and like what you went through and like what you're going through, even just, trying to find friends, whether that's in college or a new city or at a job or whatever that might be. I think finding people you relate to is just key and you won't even understand how much better just that alone would make you feel until you have that. And I think that just having like a couple friends here or there, like even like three gay friends, that alone will cure any gay loneliness. And I also think that a lot of people who come out, they just immediately end up in this like sexual scene. Yep. Where it's like, don't jump into the sexual aspect, like get your footing and make friends in the gay scene. And then like find your way via that. Because I think when you jump into the sexual scene and you go through something that you might not be ready for, who's, who are you going to, who's going to be there to talk to you about all this? You know, exactly. I think that's where it gets difficult. Yep. Well, this was fun, JC. Thank you for coming, babe. This was awesome. I'm really happy. This is this is really cool. Um, so if anybody wants to find you, where what's all your social media handles and everything? Um, so currently I just use Instagram and TikTok. My Instagram is just jc.dombrowski, D-O-M-B-R-O-W-S-K-I. And that's exactly the same as my TikTok. So those are pretty much the two places you'll find me. Love it. All right. Well, I will have everything in the bio of this podcast episode. And JC, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you for having me.